0: Hallelujah. Well, you know I'm going to tell you, give God some praise in the house tonight. Come on. No patty cakes. You're going to praise him. Put your hands together. Lift your voice. Let's give him some praise tonight. Amen. Come on. He's worthy. He's the one that brought you out, and he's the one that's going to bring you in. Amen. Amen. Come on, he loved you when nobody else could love you. He was patient when everybody else gave up on you. He went where nobody else would go, found you when nobody else looked for you. Amen. Come on, that's who our king is, and he's worthy to be praised tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know what? I just thank you guys, all of you, Pastor Todd, Pastor Karen. Thank you all so much for letting me. Be a part of what God is doing right here at Christ Fellowship in Dawsonville. Thank you that every week you give me the honor to get in my car and drive over here. It wouldn't matter what the stake was, what the price was. I'm living for the presence. Amen. I'm living for a move of God. I pastored with it and I pastored without it. And I made up my mind some time back. I'm not going to do it without it. Amen. And there's a difference, guys. We know that God lives and dwells in us. We know that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We know the river of God flows out of us but there is something different when the tangible presence of God is in a place and on a work and upon a people, guys. And I want to be in that place. I want to be where the presence of God does the work, where marriages are healed in altars, where God does in a moment what, what months and months of counseling can't do, that what all the steps we could take couldn't deliver us from, that at one moment the presence of God sets the captives free. Woo, come on somebody, God is still in the miracle business. And I believe that he's doing miracles in this place tonight. And I've got a prophetic word tonight. I, I didn't really come with a sermon. Pastor Todd gave me liberty and, and, and I didn't tell him, but I, I believe I have a prophetic word for this house tonight. I believe there's a lot of promises in this room people that you may not even spoke your promise to people. But I'm telling you, the season of the promises coming to pass are here tonight. I believe God's about to bring us out of walking in a promise to fulfilling the promises that God has put in our lives. I believe that with all of my heart. And and, and, and I want to share this before I share the word tonight. There's some people in this room. That your promises have been detoured. That I believe that this room is filled with people who have been through discouragement. You've been through some times of, uh, of difficulties and trials. But somewhere along the way, that promise still resides down on the inside of you. You may have wondered, is it ever going to come to pass? Am I ever going to get through this season that I'm in? But I came to tell you, it is the season of the fulfillment of your promises. You are standing on the literal threshold of the break through, to lay hold of everything that God has laid hold of you for. This is an amazing season church. Don't miss it. Prepare yourself in prayer push in lay aside every weight that is hindering you everything that will hold you back lay it aside burst forth run after this thing go after god's plan like nothing you've ever gone after before and watch and see if god don't bring to pass that that you've been promised in your heart in your life god is in the season of bringing your promises to pass isaiah chapter 54 tonight again this is not really a sermon It's really more of a prophetic word, and I'm going to title it tonight, Miracles from Barrenness. I'm going to call it Miracles from Barrenness. Isaiah 54, verse 1 says, Sing, O barren. Sing that with me. Say that with me. Sing, O barren. Then he goes on to say, Thou that did not bear, break forth into singing." I just wonder if there's anybody in this room that would just break out right now in a glorious hallelujah that you would write God a brand new song right now if the promises you've, you've been following begin to come to pass one after another. Is there anybody following a promise in here today? I'm not just talking about a promise to heaven. I mean, you got a word that, that, that impregnated you in your prayer closet. You, there's some vision in this room, Pastor Todd. There's some dreams in this room that didn't come from watching television. It came out of a prayer closet birthed by the Word of God crazy promises because God don't ever ask you to do something that you can do within your own ability because if you got the capacity to bring to pass the promises of God when you get there you'll praise yourself but if you have to do something that you could have never done that required all of God to do it when you get to the end of that promise you'll be shouting praises to God Woo, come on somebody they'll be saying look at what the Lord has done and I believe there's some people in this place that's following some crazy promises Crazy promises as it relates to your business, your home. Crazy promises as it relates to your children. Crazy promises as it relates to ministry and the purpose of God for your life. But I got news for you. God gives crazy promises. He told a man with a barren wife that he would make him the father of nations. Your seed will outnumber the sands of the, of the, of the seashores, God. Your, 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 your generations will outnumber the stars of heaven. God is a big God. We got to quit limiting God based on religious tradition and begin to let God speak into our hearts the dream that He has for us. I believe it's like my brother said a while ago uh, on the stage when he was ministering. Guys, God's wanting to do something greater than anything we've ever seen, anything we've ever touched, anything we've ever been a part of. God's not going to do anything less. God's going to do it greater because he said, I'm taking you from glory to glory to glory. Come on, somebody. I want to know, are there any promises in this room tonight? See, i got to know if I, I'm preaching to those people that have promise from God tonight. But the problem with that is is got to promise with a barren situation. So he says that we're going to sing aloud. Now watch this. We're going to break out in a new song, church. Thou that did not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitation. In other words, start making preparation. Anybody started making preparation in here? You know, if you've got a real dream, you'll make preparation for your dream. You'll start acting like that dream's coming to... P- Enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left hand, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither shalt thou be confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt not forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. Father, I can't do anything without you. I'm humbled to have the opportunity to be a part of such a great move of God. Father, to walk in what I know is going to be a promise, Father, that you have given this church, you've given Pastor Todd and Karen, an outpouring, an open heaven, God, that's going to shake nations. And God, I thank you that I got to be here to watch and see, to be some little part. But God, tonight I walk humbly before you because, Lord, we don't need a sermon tonight. We don't need what just the gift can bring forth. God, we need the anointing tonight. The anointing that brings the breakthrough. The anointing that breaks the the, the yoke and destroys it. Father, the anointing tonight that sets captives free, that opens our eyes, that we can see as you desire for us to see, not physically, but God, to see spiritually, to be able to walk in sensitivity to what you've called us to walk in, to be acutely aware, Father, of our surroundings and your will and your purpose, that we can move and flow like the river of God. Lord, I thank you tonight for what you're about to do in this place tonight, God. And I thank you for an anointing that will come forth out of this world that will forever change us in Jesus name Amen and Amen first of all I want to talk to you about a promise because I'm about to read to you about people that had a promise. And there's power in a promise, church. There is so much power in a promise that the Bible says that Abraham left his family. The Bible said he walked away from everything that was familiar to him, everything that he had established in his lifetime. He walked away from it with nothing but a promise from God. Not just a promise, but a crazy promise. That I'm going to take you, and I'm going to take your seed, and I'm going to make you a nation. I'm going to cause your seed to populate the earth. And he left in obedience to a crazy promise to follow that. Now, who walks away from everything that has value in your life to follow the promises of God? But if you've got a real promise from God, it'll cause you to walk on water, honey. It'll cause you to go places nobody else would go. It'll cause you to walk in places that people will think you're crazy, all because you You have a promise from the master. Now listen, let me tell you some people that walk in the promises of God make ordinary people uncomfortable. I want to preach, see if you got a promise from God, more than likely that promise is crazy, it's radical. When God gave a promise to Moses and to Israel, he showed them a land that flowed with milk and honey. He showed them a, a, a land that giants would build a home. He showed them a promised land that would take two men to carry a cluster of graves that you used to carry between two fingers. You see, when God starts giving you promises, they're big promises. And those promises will cause you to do what Moses did. Go against what your natural ability is. It will cause you to go against the grain of what your real personal potential is and do it all on a God's sin. Moses said, Lord, did you realize that I stutter? Lord, did you realize that if I go and try to do this, Pharaoh's going to do this? But see, God gave him a promise that pushed him out of his comfort zone that pushed him out of just going through the norm. Guys, there's a promise over this church that God's going to do something supernatural that's going to push you out of the realm of normalcy and push you out of the realm of going through the motion to press in to the miracles of God. See, when you got a promise from God, it'll cause you to do crazy stuff like walk away from your job to go in ministry. It'll, it'll, listen, it'll cause you. And when you've got a promise from God, you'll lay in the bed at night and dream of that promise. You make preparation for the promise. But here's the problem. I believe there are people that have promises from God, crazy promises, that are willing to follow that promise. And see, you've got to be willing to follow a promise. And, and let me share something with you. When you begin to follow a promise, it doesn't always work out like you think it's going to work out. Because the journey to the fulfillment of it may be like the journey that, that Joseph had. Joseph had a promise. He had a promise to a dream. And let me tell you, that first initial evidence of proclaiming that promise got him thrown in a ditch and left for dead. And you've got to understand that you may walk through some places that are not in your promise. But if you've got a promise, that promise will keep you alive when everybody else thinks you are to die. You see, a promise from God will get you up out of a ditch that other people put you in. Can I tell you why so many people get burned out in church? Because they get burned out in church without a promise. They get offended in church without a promise. If you've got a promise of God, folks in the church ain't going to get on your nerves. People that betray you won't cause you to throw in the towel and quit. You will walk over the hurts, the wounds, the betrayals. You will walk through the politics, and you will press on, not because, because you have a promise from God that there's something greater than this. Somebody say, I need a promise. And see, God's promises have brought you even to this place today because there's people in this room that have been wounded. You've been discouraged. Your dreams have been set back. You've had conflict. Injustice has been served. You've gone through times of disappointments. Your own strength has failed you from time to time. But you're still here. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, I'm still here. Oh, you've been kicked on, but you're still here. You've been beat up, but you're still here. You've been lied on, but you're still here. You've been discouraged, but you're still here. You've cried yourself to sleep, but you're still here. You've waved the white flag a few times, but you're still here. Some of you have fallen down, but you're still here. You see, I like to talk to people about people that fail because nobody in the Bible ever failed greater than Peter failed. Listen, David had an affair, but Peter denied him three times. Can I preach it here? That would have got you kicked out of the best church in today's time. Come on. if there's, hey, Listen, according to most people's theology, blaspheme against the Holy Spirit is denying Jesus, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, no, he didn't just say, I don't know him. He said, I swear I don't know him. I don't know about you but I don't know if that ranks up there with adultery, fornication or whatever it was that you may have gone through or whatever problems that you've had in your life but I come to tell somebody in here that your failures have not been detoured or that your failures have not detoured the promises of God. They still live in you because it's God who is the author and the finisher of your faith and no matter despite how bad you fail God is going to finish what he promised you and the promises are going to come to pass in your life Woo. bankruptcy ain't going to stop it divorce is not going to stop it Failure's not going to stop what God's going to do in your life how many of you know sometimes it's the promises of God that will get you up out of your pity party it's the promises of God that will get you up out of your discouragement and the reason for it is God put that word in you and God upholds all things by his word God brought you through what have killed most people. And you may be walking with battle scars and wounds and discouragement, but the fact is your promise is still coming to pass. And let me tell you why it's going to come to pass. Because you didn't birth that promise. You didn't create that promise. God created that promise in you. And God is the author and the finisher of your faith. Let me tell you how powerful that promise is. That promise is so powerful that in Hebrews, 11, the Bible says those men of faith, many, lived their life in absolute obedience to God. Many of them were sawed asunder, the Bible said. Many of them killed for their faith, yet they never saw the promise come to pass. Because, see, real people that have a promise will live their life in total submission to God despite the pain, despite the persecution, despite the setback, despite the disappointments, despite despite the behavior of other people because they believe in the promise that God has put in their life. Woo! Sarah had a promise. She was barren, but she had a promise. Some of you are barren but you got a promise. You say barren because you have exhausted every resource you have to produce what God said he would do. you prayed, you've labored, you've remained faithful, but you're still barren. You're not promiseless, but you're barren. You've suffered loss, but the promise still remains, but barrenness is still there. How many of you have lived in a promise but never produce the birth of that promise. I want to know if there's any people in here today. You see, because you can look around and see that there's success. You can look around and see there's accomplishments in your life. But sometimes success and accomplishments, not the promise. Oh, I wish I had time. You see, just because you've done some successful things, your family's successful, your business has done good, it's still not the promise. And some people say you ought to be satisfied. You ought to be content. And it's not that I'm not grateful. It's just this is not all that I'm called to do. This is not all that God has called us to partake of. Guys, I'll never bash the church. But this is not all that there is. I'm not going to bash where it's at because it is a masterpiece in the making. But the fact is, this is not all that God called the church to be. God called us to be raised in the dead. God called us to shake nation. God called us to penetrate the world. God called us to be a light set on a hill that can't be hid. God didn't call us to be affected by politics. God called us to turn the world upside down. We ought not let Hollywood set the moral climate of our nation. We ought to be turning the nations upside down. We ought to be emptying hospitals, hospitals guys. We ought, to be, we ought to be setting every drug addict free. We ought to be doing such revival right here in Dawsonville, Georgia that we ought to have the persecution coming from the drug dealers. Pastor, you're just dreaming a little too big there, ain't you, brother? No. My Bible tells me that when Paul went to Ephesus, when he went into Satan's king, he went into Satan's stronghold. There was the, one of the seven wonders of the world at that time where they worshiped the goddess Diana. He walks into a city where there's a demonic stronghold where sin is running rampant, where idol worship is manifesting everywhere. He walks in and leads three people to Jesus. Turns out 12 people get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And the next time you read about it again, he said he's turned all of Asia upside down. How did he turn it upside down? They started bringing their curious art, their black magic. They, they started bringing all their silver shrines and burning them in the middle of the streets. Guys, I'm looking for the day that revival causes them to bring their pills, causes them to bring their meth, causes them to bring their pot, causes them to bring all their pornography, and everything else that's causing them to stumble and burn it in the streets of Dawsonville, Georgia. You say, well, Pastor, you dream too much. You got that right. They said Joseph was a dreamer too. Well, let me tell you something. Joseph Lance Johnson's got a dream, and I believe that Christ Fellowship has a dream. I believe Pastor Todd and Karen, and I believe the congregation here has a dream of doing something beyond normalcy, of not going through the motions and being like everybody else that people in pews don't fill our hearts. But changed cities, changed nations, transformed lives, healed marriages, people that were broken made whole, those that are, those that are on death roll being saved. Can I preach in here tonight? Those who are afflicted and sick in their body that have been sentenced to death by the doctors being healed instantly for things that there was no cure for. That's what the church is supposed to be doing. But see, we carried that dream. We preached that dream. We've declared that dream. We've lived for that dream when that dream didn't happen. We lived for that dream when persecution came. Just like when Abraham stayed faithful to the dream God put in him, Sarah stayed faithful to the dream. And even though her womb was barren, and even though time rocked home, remember the sermon from a couple weeks ago the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick Abraham knew what it was like for his hope to get deferred for the promise to get delayed and even after he'd become past childbearing years He still believed God for the promise. He made the hall of fame of faith, the chapter 11, because his faith did not falter. Sarah's did not falter. They tried. They made mistakes. But they stayed faithful to the promise until one day God, out of a barren womb, brings forth the promises of God. And all of a sudden, out of barrenness, came forth Isaac. Now watch this. Isaac represents the promises of God to you and I. Some of you have been barren. You've got a promise, but you're barren. You're frustrated because you don't know how to bring it to pass. You've tried on your own, and nothing has worked. Even Abraham and, and Sarah created an Ishmael. I don't know about you. I've had my Ishmaels. But come on, how I many of know we're not going to quit because we created an Ishmael? Because when the promise comes, you'll tell Ishmael to leave. I believe we've been nursing some Ishmaels, that we're going to have to tell them to leave because God's making a way for the promise. So out of barrenness comes the promises of God. So if you're barren today, if you've not been able to see that thing happen, you've had success, you've been obedient, but you've not had the promise, don't be moved, my friend, because you are in the season of the fulfillment of the promises of God. Next we find, now watch this, next you find Jacob's mother. Every patriarch of the Bible, guys, every one of these patriarchs all came out of a barren womb. Here we have Jacob's mother, Rebecca, who married Isaac. Now watch this. And Jacob, listen to this. Jacob came out of a barren womb. Jacob, listen to this, became the kingdom to to rule the rule of God. The word Jacob in the Greek when he was changed from Jacob to Israel when his name was changed, means the rule of God. You look it up in the scripture. In other words, out of barrenness is going to come God's rulership. God is going to have a people that are not going to be influenced by the world, but they're going to be the ambassadors of Christ, that God's will becomes done in the earth just like it is in heaven. Can I preach for just a minute right there? What do you mean by that, pastor? The Bible said when you pray, pray like this. Thy kingdom, say it with me, thy kingdom, I will be on as it is in heaven watch this here we are in the church guys Lord move in this church God move in our school systems. move through our president God Lord do something in our nation God shake our nation God you've got to move in this place but see the problem is you're the instrument that God moves through If God's going to change a nation, God ain't coming down. God's already came down and put himself in you. That's why the Bible said the kingdom of God is within you, and the only thing that doesn't bring the dominion of God is our disobedience to the word of God. Come on. If we line ourselves up with the will of God for our lives, if we will break out of the realm of normalcy and say, God, not my will, but thy will be done, if you will get out of the comfort zone, if you will move out of the realm of familiarity to be radically obedient to God, then God can use you to see His kingdom come on earth and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God needs some radical people that take up their cross, die to their flesh, and say, God, at all costs, I'll do what you tell me to do. See, we're praying, God, move. God said, I am moving. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on your obedience. I'm waiting on your radical submission. I'm waiting on your radical surrender. Not to do what church does, but to do what I do. God didn't create you in the image of the Baptist, the Pentecostal, the Methodist, or the Presbyterian. God didn't create you in the image of a Catholic. God created you in his own image. God didn't ask you to follow man's religion. God asked you to follow him. He said, take up your cross. And to be able to follow him requires a cross. And that cross means i got to die to myself. And sometimes dying to myself isn't just dying to lust. We think dying to self means I'm dying to an addiction. I'm dying to a lust. Sometimes dying to self means I die, die to my own personal desires, my own personal perspective or perceptions of life, of what I think ought to be done. God wants us sometimes to die to our comfort zone, to our familiarity. Because what God wants to do in the earth, I don't believe nobody's ever done yet. God needs some trailblazers. God needs some people that'll step out of the lines that everybody said we had to color inside of. We got to step out of the lines of the way we did it for the last 25 years. And we're going to have to move in a realm of where it's not comfortable anymore. And it requires great sacrifice. And it's going to cause us to trust in God to bring it to pass. And when we don't have the money to do it, we don't have the education. We don't have the experience. But we have a God that says with him all things are possible. And we trust God. We pray like we've never prayed. We fast like we've never fasted. Let me just share this with you guys. I want to speak prophetically tonight what I feel like God's saying to me. And i got about five more barren women that produce the promises of God. So out of your, out of your barrenness, God's about to birth his promises. And those promises are significant and they mean something. God's about to birth his kingdom in the earth, his rulership, his authority, and it's coming through you. God put man on the earth to have dominion, not to, be, not to have an enemy or a world system to have dominion over us. God put us here to be the trailblazers. God put us here to be the influencers, not the influenced. And guys, listen, we can vote at the voting polls, but the change is coming when the church becomes the church. Say this with me, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth. How? Out of her barren womb came the kingdom, the authority of God, the rulership of God. And I believe that through our willingness to pray, Let me tell you something about our prayers, guys. I know everybody in here fast, and I've heard a thousand teachings on fasting. I study the Word every day. I listen to the greatest scholars. I I, I try to do everything that I can to walk in absolute truth. But you know, most of the time we think that fasting is about us making these sacrifices and that if we sacrifice enough that God will move. If I don't eat for 30 days, God will hear my prayers now. God, if there's anything, listen to this, if there's anything that I could do to manipulate God, Mm -mm. but see, fasting ain't about you manipulating God or getting the attention of God because you've not eaten, you've been really hungry, and you've lost 35 pounds. Fasting is about denying your flesh of a necessity that it requires it to, to, to survive. You can't live without food and water except so long. My mother had Alzheimer's and eventually the Alzheimer's got to the point where her mind didn't tell her body to function so when she would eat her her mind wouldn't tell her to swallow. She would keep the food in her mouth until she would eventually inhale the food and aspirate. Anybody with me? She had a living will and in that living will, when they rushed her to the hospital, they asked if she had a living will. She had a living will. And she did not want to be put on any type of life support if there was no quality of life for her after that, after that uh, machine was put on her. So therefore, we were at her request, had to make the decision that she would not eat. They said she'll live 14, no more than, I believe it was maybe 14 days. I don't remember how many days it was but she will not live any more than 14 days. She couldn't drink, she couldn't couldn't eat, she couldn't do anything because she she didn't want a feeding tube. It was in her will. So we as a family had to watch her. She made it 14 days before she went to be with the Lord. Now understand something. You can't live without food and drink. You can't live but so long without it. Your body has to have it. When you deny your body of the necessities that it takes to survive, your what gets weak. Your flesh begins to get weak. When your flesh begins to get weak, then it takes something else to keep you to survive. Boy, I really need to preach in here. See, fasting is really about you denying your flesh of the things that it really needs to thrive and survive. Because, see, prayer, fasting without prayer, oh, Lord, help me, Jesus, that is like biscuits without gravy. You can't have biscuits without gravy, and you can't have gravy without biscuits. That is if you're from Hickory Flat. Y'all know what we're talking about in the South. Now listen to me. Here's the problem. We think we turn our plates over and we fast. We deny it so God will hear it. Let me tell you what fasting is all about. Fasting is about denying yourself of everything you need to deny yourself so that your flesh gets weak, that you come up under the influence and the dependence of God in your life. Fasting is not about you changing God. Fasting is about God changing you. And when I line myself up with what God's saying, when I line myself up with the dream of God and the will of God, let me tell you, everything I pray according to the will of God, he hears, and I know that I have that, that I pray for God wants to manifest his kingdom in the earth. God just needs some people that have deprived God their flesh of everything necessary for it to thrive. So that it's not my flesh that's striving, but it's my spirit that begins to thrive. That I'm sensitive to everything that God has for my life. The dream of God, the will of God, no matter how big it is, no matter how how, how much it requires, no longer the, what the sacrifice is. Guys, we make sacrifices for church. We make sacrifices for building. But what about making sacrifices for the will of God being done in our life? How about we make sacrifices that I might hear from heaven? How about sacrifices that we would make until we come up under the influence of the voice and the direction of God for our life? When's the last time you prayed just to hear the will of God? When's the last time you fasted? Not to get a new car, not to get a husband, not to heal your marriage, but you fasted to hear the will of God. You see, out of a barren womb would come the promise of God. Out of a barren womb would come the authority of God in the earth. Out of a barren womb, and I'll 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 just close on this, came a boy named Samson. You see, Samson, one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful man in the entire Bible, A man who would single-handedly, literally cripple the Philistine army. The manifestation of supernatural power of God came from a barren womb. God is wanting to bring power back to the church, and I believe that power is coming out of barrenness. People that have had a promise. God, I want to preach in here today people that have laid between the porch and the altar, people that have prayed and cried out to God, that have endured persecution, that have endured conflict, that have endured injustice, but said, God, I have a promise, and I'm going to stand, and out of that is coming the birth of that promise in your life. And God is going to birth power back into church, power to set the captive free, power to liberate people from the bondages of sin, My Bible tells me in Romans chapter 6 that I'm not a slave to sin anymore. My God didn't just forgive me of sin. My God delivered me from sin. My God, come on, my God has broken the shackles that held me in slavery and bondage. My God has healed the broken heart that caused me to self-medicate with sin. My God has opened my eyes that I see like he sees and not like the world sees. My God has set me free from every demonic influence every demonic power, the oppression of the enemy, that I live my life regardless of my circumcision with the fullness of the joy of God. That my joy if my peace is not dictated by my surroundings. Come on, I believe God needs a people that's got joy in the middle of hell. Some people that know how to walk in victory when everything around them's unraveling. If it's peace and passes past his understanding, it's because I got peace in the middle of the greatest storm. Let me tell you that peace. That peace is you're asleep while the storm's sinking the boat. Woo! Everybody else having a nervous breakdown, you went to bed and went to sleep. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. It's joy that God gives you that's not determined by you getting something or having something, but it's joy that's there. That's unspeakable because you ain't got no excuse for having it. You just got it because God gave it to you. You ought to be crying. You ought to be having a nervous breakdown, but you got joy. My God, the church needs joy. Joy because there's always going to be conflict. There's always going to be persecution. There's always going to be injustices. But I still got Joy. We shouldn't let somebody that lied on us steal our joy. We shouldn't let somebody that don't like us steal our joy. We shouldn't let like some financial problems steal our peace because we've got the Prince of Peace. We've got the Giver of Joy. We've got salvation, friend. We've got a God that if he's for us, nobody can be against us. So I, I think I've told you enough about barrenness tonight to tell you God's promises are coming out of barrenness. I'm telling you God's authority and God's rulership is coming out of barrenness. The next generation of ministries coming out of barrenness. The next generation of power that got to shake nations, power to heal the sick, power to raise the dead, power to change cities is coming out of barrenness. Barrenness of people that never lost a promise. People that never gave up. Though knocked down, they got up. Disgraced, they got back up. Dishearted, they got back up. They had to walk bleeding, but they got back up. They were disappointed. When everybody thought they were successful, they were disappointed because the dream of God was bigger than what they saw. There ain't many people that can identify with that, but I know there's a few in this room that even though you've had great success in your life, your dream's bigger than your accomplishments. And you wonder, why aren't you ever satisfied? One person left my church one time and said, Pastor, I can't stay with you because you ain't never satisfied. I said, I'm not satisfied because my promise hadn't come to pass. Paul raised the dead and shook cities, but he said, I've not yet apprehended all that I was apprehended for. I believe God's got to have a generation of people that said, I'm going to apprehend everything that God apprehended me for. I'm going to push till I get it. I'm going to pray till I break through. I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm going to press on until I see every promise that God impregnated with me come to pass. I'm giving birth to this thing, baby. I may have been barren, but I'm getting in the birth position and getting ready to see the promises of God come to pass in my life. Let's stand all over this house tonight. (laughs) I didn't come with a sermon tonight. I didn't come to preach to you three points of the prayer tonight. I come to find me a generation of people said, Pastor, I got a promise. Lance Johnson, there's a promise that I'm pregnant with. It ain't come to pass yet. People's mocked me. They've laughed at me. They've said, how can that happen in somebody like you? How can anything good come out of that? How could that ever happen? A promise that caused you to push through the pain, caused you to push through your gardens of Gethsemane, caused you to push through. The shame and being despised, the rejection of people, even your own personal disappointments of inabilities and inadequacies, because a man with the promise that truly cares about seeing God bring him the past. Let me tell you something. This is something people don't preach to you: the disappointment when you've laid it down time after time, and it still hadn't happened, but you didn't quit. Some people threw in the towel went back to doing whatever they did. But not you. This is your season. This is your time. Listen to me. I'm not just getting in here to make you have a feel-good sermon. This stuff ain't in my notes. This was not planned. This is a prophetic word for people who's got a promise from God. This is your season. This is your time. Don't quit now. I can't imagine being Moses, endured all that mess, endured all that conflict, endured all of them hungry nights and thirsty days, endured all the conflict of the bickering and the arguing and all those people, and they never saw the promise. I'm not going to be Moses in my generation, people. I'm not going to smite the rock. Don't you smite the rock. Not when God called you to speak to the rock. Come on, somebody listen to me. This is your season. The battles become the greatest right before you cross that. Right before you step over is when it's the greatest. If you don't believe it, you just ask the Israelites. They went through thirst. They went through personal failures. The worship of the golden calf. Think about it. They went, through, they went through hunger, needing food. And, and guys, we always make fun of them. But let me tell you something. You wasn't there. It wasn't your belly growling, and it wasn't your infant child that was needing water. It wasn't your three-year-old that looked up with you with those beautiful little eyes and said, Mommy, I'm hungry. We hadn't eaten in days. See, it's easy to say how they had no faith. You wasn't in their shoes. They endured all that. Moses endured the Korahs and the betrayals and the, and the people causing conspiracies, Pastor Todd, splitting the church, so to speak. He had a promise that he pushed through all that. The children of Israel got to the promised land. They're ready to go in. They see the spoils of the land. That cluster of grapes they used to carry between two fingers. Now they got two men. That's all they can do just to get it across the border so they can show it to the people. Said the land was so big, they said it swallows up the inhabitants thereof. They're there. They're at the promise. But there's giants in the land. And we were like grasshoppers not one of those 12 spies walked up yanked on one of them one of them Canaanites or Hittites leg and said, "Hey, how do you perceive us?" "Do you see us as grasshoppers, sir?" No. Their own perception. They were there. It was theirs. Caleb said, "They're bread for us. God said, "Take the land. There's giants standing between us and them. Some of you got giants right now. And you've been barren this whole time. You've been holding on to the promise, but it ain't come to pass. But I got news for you. You're going in. This is your season to go in. There's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of fight. There's a lot of pushing through. There's a lot of opposition. Because I promise you, every one of you in this room that's hungry for what God has for your life, right now, since this has started, I promise you, you're having to push through all kind of conflict. The kids started acting crazy. The work got funny. I mean, it's just crazy. People start saying stupid stuff. Everything goes crazy right before we cross the line. Can I get a witness in here? Some of you probably had to fight hell to get here tonight. I just about bet you that, that that tomorrow when you come here, there needs to be about 120 show up for prayer tomorrow night. And I promise you, what time does it start, Pastor Todd? About six o'clock. About five o'clock. Y'all, can I can I? Pre- y'all know I don't cuss. All hell gonna break loose. I ain't cussing. I'm talking about hell, Haiti, hell, hell, Guiana, hell. Gonna break loose. In your life, the devil's gonna throw everything he can in your life to try to get in your way. This breakthrough right here, that what God's gonna do in this outpouring of God, the enemy is right there building obstacles and adversities. God said, I need somebody gonna press through. I'm gonna need somebody that's gonna lengthen their cords while the enemy is saying you're dying because you're barren, you're going to start lengthening your cord. You're going to start making room for the promise. You're going to start putting things in their rightful place, making preparation because this is your season. This is your time. If I don't see you again, you just remember, the man of God came and said, this is your season. This is the time for you to push through to the promise. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. This is now. It's your time. You see, I believe that when God sends a real prophetic word, it causes something inside of you to leap. It causes something inside of you to begin to move that is a witness. This is God. Somebody's baby's leaping. Somebody's baby's leaping because that word awakened it. It's your season. It's your time. This is your moment. you got to press through. I need every promise follower who struggle with the barrenness of your promise I need to pray for you tonight because this is your night of release this is your night of breakthrough, this is your moment where you're going to press through no matter what the cost, no matter how great the, the battle, no matter how big the giant no matter how great the conflict and adversity is, I'm pushing through Pastor Todd I'm going in, may not feel like it, may not look like it, this is my season How many people in this room say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. That's my promise. I've been following that promise. I'd have been through all kind of mess, but I'm still here. I got a promise that's still alive and well inside of me. I'm barren, but I got a promise. Woo! (laughs) I'm barren, but I got a promise. If that's you, I want you to join me tonight in this altar. Come on, pastors. You will help me tonight. This is your release tonight. This is your time. Father, tonight, fill this atmosphere with supernatural faith, God. Fill it tonight, God, with the determination that I'm going to lay hold of everything you've laid hold of me for. That, God, this is my season of provision. This is my season of breakthrough. This is my season of anointing. This is my season to lay hold of with these hands, the very promises that you have put within me, God. I thank you, Father, for the promises of God. Tonight, becoming yes and amen. Lay hold of them in the name of Jesus. Lay hold of them, woman of God, those big dreams. Those dreams that when you share them with some people.